real quick before we dive into this episode of the podcast. Be sure to grab your free PDF copies of my latest books at frugal.show forward slash free. Now on to the show. Be sure to grab your free copy of my list of 27 tools, resources, and software programs I use to run my businesses on a tight budget. You can get it at thesarahstjohn.com forward slash 27 tools. That's T-H-E-S-A-R-A-H-S-T-J-O-H-N dot com forward slash 27 tools. Welcome to the Frugalpreneur Podcast. I'm your host, Sarah St. John, and my guest today is an expert in affiliate marketing, podcasting, blogging, course creation, email marketing, and more. There's nothing this guy doesn't do, but perhaps he's best known as the host of the Smart Passive Income Podcast. I'm excited to present Pat Flynn. Thank you for having me today. You, you had a long list of things there. I was like, yeah, I guess I do do a lot of things, don't I? <laughs> well, I had like an even bigger intro and I was going to like list off all your book. And I was like, eh, we don't have time for that. <laughs> I'm gonna, I'll put links to all that stuff in the show notes. So, <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. There's a million different things we could talk about, but I think what I want to focus on is super fans. The, either the book, which I actually have right here. <laughs> oh, thank you. And just the whole concept of that. So can you give us a little bit of information as far as how you got the idea to write this book, Super Fans. Yeah, I mean, a quick story and a little anecdote about the first time I discovered that you could have fans, even if you're not a musician or a, you know, a celebrity or anything like that. I was working in the architecture industry and I got laid off, in fact, in 2008. And I started an online business to just keep my head over um, the water. And, you know, it started to do really well. And I started to notice some interesting things happen. People started to become fans of the work that I was doing, helping people pass an exam. I never even thought that was possible. In fact, there was this woman, her name was Jackie. She sent me an email and apparently she had taken my practice exams and had taken my study guides and then had passed the exam on her own as a result of that and had gotten a promotion, gotten a raise. She was so happy. She was incredibly thankful. And she signed her email, your biggest fan, Jackie. And I was like, you're a biggest fan. That's just so weird to me. Because I was always working at the desk in architecture. I never really was like front facing for anything before. But then an interesting thing happened. Two months later, I noticed that there was a whole slew of people from the same office. I knew because it was the same email address sort of ending. 25 new customers came in within about a week's period from that same company that Jackie was at. So I reached out to Jackie and I was like, hey, what's going on? All these people from your company are getting my guide. She's like, yeah, I told everybody about it. They all wanted to study for the exam and I convinced everybody to buy your guide. And I was like, wow, are you kidding me? This one person who was a fan because I had helped her out turned into 25 additional sales. And it was so meaningful and everybody wins in that situation. And I love marketing where everybody wins. So this idea of super fans was combined with my own experiences having built super fans in a space where you wouldn't normally think super fans could be built along with an article that was written a while back that inspired me as well called a thousand true fans by a man named Kevin Kelly. And I really love this. And there's a little bit of easy math that's going to change your life. And it changed mine when I heard about it. A thousand true fans, a true fan or a super fan being somebody like Jackie, somebody who, if you are a mus- musician, you know, they're going to they're gonna wait for you backstage to take a selfie with you after the concert's over. Or if you come out with a product, they're not even going to read your sales page. You're just going to buy it, right? Those are the kinds of super fans or true fans we're talking about. If you have a thousand of those people 
times $100 a year. $100 a year isn't that much for a super fan to potentially spend on something. I mean, I spend a lot more money on stuff that I probably shouldn't even be spending money on, like cable television or whatever. And I'm not a super fan of, you know, AT&T Uverse or anything like that. So $100 times 1,000 true fans, that's a six-figure business right there. When you really think about it, 1,000, just 1,000 people. And the cool thing is those people who are true fans are going to bring in more people as opposed to what I saw happening in the industry was a lot of people going toward massive content creation. And content creation is important. You got to put yourself out there. But it was sucking up their life. People who were spending millions of dollars on search engine optimization to just rank number one in Google for a certain keyword or spending hundreds of thousands of dollars on advertisements just to get in front of their audiences. Well, instead of that, or maybe on top of that, why not focus on the experiences of the people who happen to have found you? Even if you have two people on your email list, What's their journey like going through your brand and how are you helping them? Because those two people, like Jackie, could turn into 50 people, could turn into the thousand that you could eventually get. And the thing is, fans aren't created the moment people find you, right? They're, they're created by the moments you create for them over time. But it's a long-term game. And I think that's where we're headed in business, especially with many people building platforms on social media like Facebook, Instagram, and building a large following there, a really beautiful following only to have the algorithm get in the, uh, like change overnight. And then all of a sudden you can't reach those people anymore. Or what if Facebook takes the same plunge as MySpace did and goes away and then all of a sudden you don't have your contacts anymore. This is why building super fans is great because no matter what happens, no matter what platforms there are, they're gonna come and follow you and they're gonna find you and they're gonna support you. And it's the best thing you could ever do. And the byproduct of building super fans is a great future-proof profitable business and that's what the book teaches you how to, uh, how to do. Yeah, and you made a good point there about how algorithms can change. MySpace went away overnight and Facebook's always changing things and so it's important to have your own website, your own email list so that you can you know nurture that audience as time goes on and, and aren't I guess I don't know slave is the right word but to you know social media and just expecting that, you know, because only I think two to 3% of your followers even see your stuff from what I understand. That's crazy, isn't mm -hmm. it? Like you work so hard to get these followers, but for every 100 followers you get, maybe five or 10 of them at most are going to see your stuff. And in order to do that, you have to be really consistent. You have to know the algorithm and give the platforms what they want. And what do they want? They just want more people on the platform longer to send ads to them and make more money. Versus if you have fans, Literally, you can have them write letters to you, and that's how you communicate. Like, And that can happen. In fact, that's what happens when you build these fans. But it doesn't happen overnight, like I said, and it takes some knowledge of just human psychology in terms of how do we get people, number one, interested at all in what we're offering, and then how do we get them deeper into the community and hopefully level up to super fan status mm -hmm. from there. And so what are some steps to take a casual audience into a quick, active audience? I guess quick wins... Yeah. you mentioned in the book. Can you give us some examples of that? Yeah, quick wins are one of a few ways that you can turn somebody who's just found you, right? They just found your website, maybe through SEO or a link on another website or a, a share on social media or something or a guest podcast spot that you might've been on. That's the first moment. And that first moment's really important. We need to have a moment of activation, something that activates that person's mind to go, oh, I like this person. I want more of this. Or I, I like what this, I, I vibe with this person. And a quick win is a great one because a quick win offers something that within five to 10 minutes, they have now something that they didn't have before because of you. And this initiates and sort of activates the reptilian part of a brain to go, ooh, nice little reward there. I wanna keep going back to that. I wanna keep going back to that. I wanna keep going back to that. And I was 
following personal finance blogs for a very long time. In fact, I was subscribed to about 40 of them when I was in architecture. But there was one in particular that I wasn't a huge fan of because the name was a little off-putting. I wasn't really into it, so I never really dove into the articles. But this website was called I Will Teach You To Be Rich by Ramit Sethi. And I never got into his stuff until there was an article that he wrote that started getting passed around, and I read it, and it was a quick win. You could call your cable company, you read the script that he laid out for you, and you could save 10 to 15% on your cable bill, like just like that, in 10 minutes. And during lunch one day at Architecture, I was like, well, okay, well, that's, I can give it a shot. I have 15 minutes. Let's see what happens. Like, what have I got to lose? And I did it, and I ended up saving about 20% of my cable bill in a moment. And I was hooked on phonics on his stuff because it was something that gave me an immediate result versus what all these other people were offering were like, okay, you know, don't have your latte, you know, penny pinch and save and put $10 in your account until you're 65 and then you can enjoy it versus Ramit was like, no, 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 here, do this now and you're going to, you're going to have it. And that, that was like amazing. So in my business now, whenever people come into my email list or come on my website, I try to find ways to offer some quick value. And I know that most of us, when we do that, we, we often want to help so much that we go so big, too big, too fast. And unfortunately, that can either overwhelm people, scare people off, or it just seems impossible for them. But if you break it down to, okay, well, what can we do within 10, 15 minutes or just today only? If you want to change somebody's life, start by changing their day first. That's what I like to say. So small quick wins are great because then people keep coming back. They share those quick wins with others, just like I just shared this one with you. Another great way to do it is to put and inject more of your personality into your work. And I know a lot of us hesitate to do this because we're afraid of what people will think of us. But the truth is, when you put yourself out there, you're going to attract the right kinds of people. And when you put your personality in it, you're putting something into your brand that nobody else can. You. Nobody is like you. You are your best advantage. However, most people who I find are, uh, who are starting businesses and are entrepreneurs are very shy about those kinds of things. Now, there's a line, obviously. I'm not going to tell you what I had for breakfast or the color of my underwear every single day. Like, we, you know, there's a line. But... At the same time, for example, people know that I'm a huge, absolute nerd about Back to the Future. And I talk about that a lot. It is just who I am. And a lot of my friends know that. And now my audience knows that. And what's really cool is now it's gotten to the point where if a person is driving down the street and they see a DeLorean, which is the car from Back to the Future, they often snap a photo and tag me in it. Or if they see a commercial or it's playing on TV, they're like, hey, Pat, I was just thinking of you because I know you're a big fan of this. Now my brand or I am being thought about without even having to do anything because that is something that they know about me. So when you inject your personality into stuff, people can get to know you and uh, wanna follow you, even though, yes, maybe there are some more qualified people out there who could teach the same thing, but they're gonna gravitate toward you because you are being you. So don't, don't hide behind that. And the third and final way that I like to offer how to connect with an audience right away, and this is really important, is to speak the same language, right? When you hear a song, you often connect not just because the beat's really nice, but because of the words that they're saying. In fact, this is how my wife got involved with the Backstreet Boys and fell in love with them because there was a moment in her life where she had heard a song where every word in that song was describing essentially everything that she was going through related to a breakup. So that's what initiated, that's what was that moment of activation. And then she got the album, then she got the concert tickets, then she's like got this thing in the closet with like bobbleheads and stuff. I don't even know. But it starts with nailing the lyrics, right? So it's one thing to just know what your audience is going through. It's important to empathize and understand the problems. But if you can determine what the language they use to describe those problems, then when people hear you say that, they're going to go, wow, finally, somebody gets me. Or, okay, you understand what I'm going through. Well, maybe you can help me then. 
And that's kind of where you want to start. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I love that story that you put in the book about the Backstreet Boys. I was more of an in sync person myself, <laughs> but so was yeah. I. So was I. Justin yeah. Timberlake yeah. for the win. How many DeLoreans are people seeing on the road? I think I've maybe seen one at most in my entire life. Yeah, not very many. And I think that's why it triggers that sort of, oh, Pat, you got to see this, right? It's like, uh, who am I going to share this with? Oh, probably the only other person in the world who cares about this. Well, let me let me at tag Pat on Instagram or, or Twitter. <laughs> that's funny. Okay, so then how does one go from an active audience to a connected community? Okay, so we have an active audience now, somebody who knows who we are. We don't have to tell them who we are. We, they already know they're a subscriber, a follower, a fan of some kind on a platform. But we want to get them involved in the community because the community is where magic happens. This is where people start to not just have conversations with you and you with them, but with them, with them or to each other. This is the part where if you're at a baseball game, right, and your home team hits the winning grand slam, you're high fiving, hugging, elbow bumping people around you who you don't even know. But it's because you're all there to celebrate that moment together. And it's all because you're wearing the same colors. You're wearing the same hat, right? And so we can offer similar instances within our brand where people can get to know and meet each other. And people can get a sense of, and this is really the key here, people get a sense of belonging. We need to give people a sense that they are being heard. We need to give our audience a sense that, yeah, here's a place where you can be with other people like you. And this is why just the one-way conversations don't work as much. Before it did because it was all information that we never heard before. So we hear a person speak, okay, they're the guru now, let's listen. But now it's much more than that because you can get that information elsewhere. But what you can't find and where people are struggling to find, especially during the pandemic where we weren't able to connect with anybody, is just human connection to other people who feel the same way or who connect on a level that others don't. For example, in the world of Lego, I'm a big Lego fan. Lego has something called AFOL, A-F-O-L, adult fans of Lego. Not just like fans of Lego, but adult fans of Lego, people my age, who literally come together and meet on Zoom or in person to have challenges, to talk about the latest sets. To anybody on the outside, it's super weird and nerdy and geeky. But to those on the inside, it's exactly what they need and they're going to find and they're going to hold on to the people that they find there. This is why a really, really big uh, movement that you're seeing right now in the online space is this world of private communities creating little memberships or something where people can come together and find other people like them. And this is a smart business strategy because not only are you able to, of course, potentially get some recurring income from that, but that rec recurring income comes as a result of the benefit that those people are coming in to find others like them to connect with and to just talk shop with because they can't talk shop with the people who are around them normally. And so this is really neat. Other ways beyond just a membership, in fact, a little bit easier to have your audience connect together is to go live, go live on Instagram, go live on Facebook, go live on YouTube. What this does is it provides a moment that's maybe a little bit more controlled and a lot less friction to get to, to show that not just you're there and you're the expert or you're talking, telling stories or whatever, people are going to show up and see you. But again, people get to connect with each other which is really, really neat. And I'm right now starting a brand new YouTube channel. In fact, I started it earlier this year. It's in the Pokemon collection space, something I got into during the pandemic. And I've gotten involved in a lot of communities who the creator has gone live. But what's really neat is I'm actually making real friends from other people who I've met in the chat. And now it's like, that's my like, you know, that's my water cooler area. That's, that's the place I go to hang and talk nerdy Pokemon stuff with people who just on the outside wouldn't get it. 
and we we get deep on it and it's really really fun so it's something that you could definitely create and then the the final thing and this one maybe is, is even easier is just to get people comfortable with speaking up and being heard you know it's one thing to allow for people to come on the court with you but it's another thing to have people come on the court and you pass them the ball and you let them shoot every once in a while that's how you really make a person feel like they're playing the game with you so when your community comes in and you have other people in your audience or, or even people on your email list interact with them and also listen and hear them and address them and talk about them. Spotlighting your community is a great thing to do as well. If you have students or customers who've done really great things with your stuff, this is a fantastic idea. Tell their story, make them the hero of the story. You are essentially, or your product becomes the guide that everybody else will now want because they've seen what it's done for this person who's gone from challenged and struggled to now overcoming those challenges and struggles and doing really well with something that you're you're able to help them with. So that's one of my favorite things to do uh, with a podcast is to inv invite a guest who is in fact a student or a member of my audience because people are actually more connected to that person than, you know, if I were to bring like Gary Vaynerchuk, you know, a big name in the space, but you know, people, they, they just can't connect with him on that eth ethereal level versus somebody who's just a couple steps ahead of them. And so this is how we, bring that sense of community and then other things like you know naming your community if you have a name for your community it makes them feel connected to it this is where swag and shirts and hats can come into play and it's not just because and it shouldn't be because you want to make a million dollars selling shirts usually you can't it's because you make people feel like they're a part of something when they have something that others don't and that's what swag is really for and it allows people to stay in those communities longer and feel like they're more a part of it with you yeah, I've noticed that a lot of bands now have, you know, maybe even some actors, I don't know, but primarily bands and singers have their own little name for their fans, their super fans. Right. Like, the Sw what is the uh, Swifties is Taylor Swift, right? Or Beliebers is Justin Bieber direction. Yeah, the, yeah, right. you're right. It's kind of all the communities have their own name. <laughs> yeah, I, I feel like it start. I could be wrong, but I feel like it started with Lady Gaga with the little monsters. I I'm a little, little monster, monster myself. <laughs> and oh, yeah. No. And so I feel like everyone kind of started doing that after she did. But yeah. And, and I think it's, yeah, smart, it though. is. And I think even now when you're building your own brand, now everyone has their own little name for their, their fan base as well. It's like <laughs> a whole new thing. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I remember John Lee Dumas. I, I, he is, um, you know, entrepreneurs on fire. He calls them Fire Nation. Right. Right. Mm hmm. With uh, my audience, it's it's Team Flynn, and I and I like that because I'm the team captain. I wear the C on the shoulder, but I'm not always going to be the one that scores. I'm going to pass you the ball sometimes. We're in this together. We're a team, and Team Flynn also has us position ourselves versus like other teams, like Team Gary V or Team you know whoever. And it's kind of a fun little game. But <laughs> yeah, do do you have a name for your audience yet? I thought about the frugalpreneurs, but that's I don't know. I mean, that's that's bang on with the uh, the brand isn't it <laughs> right i'm i'm still working on that and thinking about that but um yeah and, and speaking of community you recently launched spi pro which is your community can you tell us a little bit about that experience and i imagine that's probably something you had in your mind or on the back burner for a while what was it i guess what was the catalyst for deciding to actually get that going yeah, SPI Pro, a community of existing entrepreneurs to come together, sort of like the Lego people, but now we're talking business. It's been on the back of my mind for a very long time. In fact, it was on the pipeline for 2022. That's that's when we were going to launch it. However, we launched it in 2020 because during the pandemic, again, pandemic, terrible, COVID, bad. 
However, it's opened up a lot of people's eyes. It's pushed forward a lot of projects and it's slowed a lot of people down as well to kind of realize what's important. I think that we realized on Team SPI that community was going to be so, so important for our future. So why wait till 2022? Let's build SPI Pro now because people, especially now, are yearning to connect with one another, trying to figure this thing out and stay in band together so we could all have a better future together, uh, hopefully when we get out of this. And it's been amazing. It's been out of all the things I've built, courses, podcasts, uh, my YouTube channel, everything, I've never had such positive, I mean, I've always had positive, but not this positive. I've never had anybody talk about something I've offered this much in terms of what it's done for them. For the people who are with an SPI Pro, there's 600 plus members right now. They're just like, I can't imagine life without it right now. It's exactly what I've always needed. It's exactly what I've wanted. They've built connections. They've made friends in there. They're getting challenged. We're pushing them and my team is involved. We actually hired to help manage the community. And Jillian, our community manager, is just amazing. I mean, her life is now making sure everybody in there is happy and successful and it's working. I mean, we're getting, we, we just had a, we just enrolled a hundred new people not too long ago and it's just been amazing and the quality of the people just seem to get better and better. And yeah, some people leave and that's going to be normal, but it's almost like a tree, right? You know, we're growing this thing and in order to make the tree look great and, and, and grow the highest, you kind of have to prune it every once in a while. You have to trim it away so that all the energy gets put forward into its base, into the trunk, as opposed to kind of extending too far out and kind of maybe not being where it needs to go. So, you know, it's always a learning process and we're just about a year into this now in, in the membership. It's, you know, they call it the holy grail of passive income because you get that recurring income and you kind of have a predictable income. I'll tell you, it's anything but passive. It is a lot of active work to be involved, to keep an ear out on what's going on and, and to provide events that people could look forward to. But yeah, thank you for allowing me to mention it. It's been, it's been amazing and I'm so glad that we pulled it forward. Yeah, I, I've been a member of it and I really enjoy it. The connections and the conversations and, and you know, if someone wants to start a free community on like Facebook or I started one um, on mm -hmm. Mighty Networks actually. But Nice. They're great too. Yeah, that's, that's a way to at least get started and kind of make connections and whatnot. And then maybe at a certain point start having a, a paid offering. But, um, and so then to go from community to super fans, can you give us some examples or steps in that process? Yeah. I mean, just naturally some of the community members, because they love the experience so much, some of them are just naturally going to become super fans, right? Like there isn't really anything else you need to do for some people. However, there's some things that you can do to sort of nudge people a little bit to go, Hey, like, let's, let's go even deeper here together in this relationship. And what I love to do is just one thing and one thing in particular, that's creating memorable moments by surprise, memorable moments, ones that kind of get people to realize, oh, this is something different. The by surprise part is the key, right? And the analogy I like to use is that oftentimes we communicate with our audience in a way that's kind of expected, like they expect us to communicate that way with them. It's similar to when, for example, if you're going to bed every night with your spouse, you say, good night, honey, I love you every night. That's just what you say. And it's not that it becomes less special or like meaningless, but it's just, it's just expected, right? So, you know, it's not as interesting perhaps or surprising anymore. It's that I love you on a 3.48 PM on a Tuesday randomly that comes out of nowhere that gets a person to go, what's this for? Just because, oh my gosh, are you serious? Like that stuff becomes the stuff that you remember that is talked about, that's shared. And when you can provide those experiences for your community members, 
it goes a very, very long way. And there's thankfully access to so many tools that we could use right now to do this. In fact, if you're listening to this, you could do this as soon as you're done listening to this or the next episode. And that would be using Instagram or Facebook or Twitter and reaching out to people who are already following you and send them a direct message. But don't just send them a direct message to just go, hey, I would send them a video and just say something like, hey, Sarah, Pat here, thank you so much for following the Instagram. Uh, I just wanted to say, I appreciate you. If there's anything that I can do to help you, let me know. And uh, yeah, just just thanks for being you. Like literally 10 seconds, right? I'll tell you, this gets like a 95% reply rate, number one. And number two, people are blown away. And oftentimes people will go out of their way to share that with others that, oh my gosh, like so-and-so. And you don't have to be a celebrity for people to get excited. People get excited because you're giving them some time. And it's not that much time, but it's some time and that's meaningful. And the beauty of this is because it just doesn't take very long. It's, it's sad because anybody can do this right now and nobody's doing it. Using a video on a direct message to just connect for no other reason than just say hi. Because most people will use that opportunity to connect when they need something, right? Like, hey, Sarah, Pat here. I know we haven't really chatted ever, but hey, I got this book that just came out and I think you'd enjoy it. It's like, okay, well, obviously you're just reaching out because you want to make sales versus, hey, Sarah, just, how are you? I see you have a podcast, how's it going? And just connect, right? You're digging your well before you're thirsty. Because if you're digging your well and you're already thirsty, meaning you need something, it's too late, right? It's, it's too late. So try it, it's gonna work, it blows people away. And the cool thing is I do this every Friday. I take the dogs on a walk around the neighborhood for 30 minutes. I can get through holding my dogs with one hand and my phone in the other, just walking around the neighborhood. It doesn't need to be professionally shot. In fact, it shouldn't be because that doesn't feel real. It doesn't feel authentic. Just phone in hand, no gimbal or nothing, and just talk from the heart. And I can get through 60 to 70 in that 30 minute period. And most of those people reply back and you can't help but at least get triggered when you hear from somebody who calls you by name, who's taking time out of their day, triggered in a good way. And a lot of those people come on to then become fans and support you. And again, being a fan doesn't necessarily mean they're going to now turn around and pay you hundreds of dollars for something. This could mean they will support you when they see a troll come into your community. They're gonna be there to back you up. If a friend needs something, maybe they didn't need something, but your friend, the friend does, and they'll go, oh yeah, you should check out Pat because he's got you know the best podcasting course or whatever. Or it could be somebody who leaves you really honest feedback, right? Somebody who cares about you and the brand so much that they're gonna tell you straight up when something's not going the way it should, where you can't see it because you're inside the bottle, right? You can't read the label when you're inside the bottle. And your super fans are the best readers of labels because they care about your brand so much, sometimes even more than you do. And that feedback can be used to make the experiences for new and old even better. Yeah, and I know another way is through Bonjuro or some other tool like that, or you can send it directly through email as well. I know a lot of people yeah. do that. Like if you join their community, they'll send you a thank you via that. I actually interviewed, I forget his name is Matt, I think, from Bonjuro. And I love that tool. Oh, yeah, yeah. those guys are great. So another thing you talk about in the book, which I thought was interesting, is about the dark side of super fandom. Like the the six hidden traps, how to avoid them, unwanted recognition, and staying safe. I guess, can you go over some of those and things that we need to be aware of when that happens? Yeah, definitely. I mean, 
it's very different to, especially in this world where we now have access to everybody, it seems. When you get fans, like, it's it's a really great thing, right? Just like we talked about, there's so many amazing things that can happen, but it's so new to us that sometimes we don't even know how to deal with it. And in some cases, I've seen some people who grow rather quickly, and then their head grows just as big and just as quickly, right? They start thinking they're the best and they start talking differently. And then, you know, their fans don't like them anymore because they've changed because the money or the fame or whatever got to their head. So really try to have either some support systems or checks and balances in place to make sure that as you grow, as you get fans, that you just at least stay grounded, right? Um, so that's number one. Number two, a lot of people, there, there's a balance between, you know, having fans, but then also like, first of all, you know that there's a lot of eyes on you now. And that could be very scary. I got in a trap where one time I was um, creating content and I had so many eyeballs on me at one point, I was so scared to publish anything because I was like, wow, eh, like what if I spell this thing incorrectly? I'm gonna have like 50 people tell me I spell it wrong. So I have to like fine tune, co like a with a fine tooth comb, go through everything to make sure it's perfect. And then I got into the trap where nothing was perfect enough. So I didn't publish anything, which then let some fans down because consistency is really important when showing up and you know giving your fans what they want. So that's a possibility. There's also been some, and this is on the extreme end, but there's been some not so fun stories about people who've had fans go so far as to like, you know, find their home and like ask for their autograph at a address where, you know, they did some search or something. And that's really scary, right? Like that's, we don't want that to happen. So just some precautions inside of the book about, you know, if you're gonna film something, you know, don't film in a obvious location where people can go and find you, for example. Don't put home addresses and, you know, if you're filming packages that you're opening for unboxing, just like be aware that, you know, you want to sharpie out your address and things like that. I mean, unfortunately, that kind of stuff does happen. But, you know, that stuff typically happens with people who have massive fan bases. There's a guy in the UK named Dan TDM. He's sort of a video gamer personality and he's had trouble with fans coming in just kind of like camping outside of his home, which is really scary. And, you know, everybody's been nonviolent and you know they just are fans but sometimes they don't know better so that's just something to be aware of as well but you know really remembering where you came from and the why and and the fact that you know these are real human beings um is is going to keep you sort of in alignment most of the time mm -hmm. well awesome well i appreciate your time today i'm curious is there anything else coming up or down the, that you can actually speak about that we can expect from you in the future yeah, I mean, this is probably one of the first times I'm sharing it on the podcast, in fact, but I do have a new book that I'm working on, which I'm really excited about. Superfans was published in 2019. So it's been a couple of years and I don't expect this to come out super soon at the time uh, that this episode comes out, but you know, I am working on it and it's gonna be a book about, um, it's gonna be in the realm of productivity, but purposeful and, and passionate productivity where it's not about hustle culture, it's about, you know, knowing and making sure that you're focusing on what you need to focus on. And that includes family. So kind of notes around that. I'm really excited about, you know, there's a lot of productivity books out there, but I wanted to bring the Pat Flynn sort of spin to it and hopefully help some people uh, with their time and their focus. Mm, awesome. I'm looking forward to that. And um, yeah, I'll have show notes with links to all your books, um, super fans, will it fly and let go. And then, you know, if people want to find out more about you or listen to your podcast, they can go to smartpassiveincome.com or even patflynn.com. And this has been awesome. I've really appreciated it. And is there any last words that you wanted 
to give the audience as we close? Yeah, just keep going. You know, you either get the result you wanted or the lesson you needed, right? So just keep going. The, the only true failure is giving up and, and not not continuing to try. Even if even if you make a mistake, that's a mistake that you can learn from. That's a mistake that you now know how to work around potentially, and, and you'll get there. Um, and then also connect with other people. We talked a lot about community today and how important that out, th that is. I wouldn't be where I am today without community and the people who I've uh, connected with. And I always try to serve others first because you never know, you might need some help in the future. So to that point of, uh, you know, reaching out to other people and digging your well before you're thirsty is really key. So relationships, go out there, serve and keep keep going. Persistence is key. Awesome. Yeah, I, I agree with that. I've, I think any mistakes and failures, you, you can learn from them so that they're not a complete waste of time or whatever. I know I've had plenty of failures and have learned from all of them. So I definitely agree with that. You just got to keep pushing forward. And uh, and again, the show notes with links to everything will be at thesarahstjohn.com forward slash Pat. Well, thank you so much. Thank you. As a special thank you, I am giving away a free copy of Pat Flynn's book, Superfans. Enter to win at thesarahstjohn.com forward slash giveaway. That's T-H-E-S-A-R-A-H stjohn.com forward slash giveaway. Are you a frugalpreneur looking to connect with like-minded individuals? Join our community on Slack, connect with fellow listeners, share your thoughts on episodes, engage in meaningful discussions, including money-saving tips and entrepreneurial insights, and help shape the future of the Frugalpreneur podcast. Plus, you can submit your questions in written or audio form to be featured on the show. Let's build a supportive space together. Join us now at frugal.show forward slash slack. See you on the inside.